Hello Shannon, um, I really love your videos and your advice that you give on this um, platform and I would like to contribute with my question. My question is, I am a relationship kind of person, I like pillow talk, I like long conversations, I'm not sexually active or anything like that, but I, I never seem to get past the honeymoon phase with every relationship I've ever been in. We, we are so happy in the, in the honeymoon phase, uh, we are head over, head over heels in love and then it goes away all of a sudden and it just becomes like uh, I don't know how to describe it just very bad so how do I get past that thank you bye first of all Fatima that did not disappoint because you talking with that accent with that Transylvania background noise music in the back of it was absolutely incredible to me um, it sounded like you were reporting live from an enchanted castle and I think this is a really great question and I was attracted to it because the title of this is can we just go back to how it was and how beautiful and reminiscent and we can all relate to that exact sentiment, whether it be in our love life or as a many psychologists put it, that we're all trying to get back to that place in childhood, a place in life where our mother was the center of our world and she was the center. Uh, we were the center of our mother's world and she was the center of our world. And it was a yin and the yang and we're all that each other needed. And your mom was your source of joy, your source of food, your source of comfort. And she tended to all of your needs. And a lot of people hypothesize that that is exactly what we're trying to get back to when we pursue romantic love. This unrealistic space, because really at the time that you were thought your mother was your entire world, she probably had a job, she probably had a partner on the side and had friends and had a life, but that's all that you had and so you figured it was the same, but you were just taking naps and she was doing her own thing. But nonetheless, um, even people who didn't have that experience romanticize it even more because they feel robbed of it and want it for the first time. So that honeymoon phase concept of a time when someone completely tends to all of our needs and naturally knows what we want and when we kick up a fuss, they immediately drop what they're doing and they come to us, really is, it's a selfish, idyllic way of looking at love and relationships. And I say that because that mother-child relationship is not reciprocal, it's not two-way, it's one-way. And the difference was back then, you know, we probably only had five needs, so it was easy to guess. Either you shit yourself, or you're hungry, or you want to be picked up, or you want them to change a channel. There's not a large array of things that could be happening with you that you could need. And so we didn't really have to communicate it, and someone just intuitively knew. But in adult years, it doesn't really exist anymore. We now have to start to create our own luck. And yes, in the beginning of a relationship, because both partners are benefiting from the dopamine spike, and we know nature has as a way of trying to create a lasting bond between people and trying to make love seem exciting so that you will maintain a fascination with it or maintain a relationship with that person. So nature does most of the work in the beginning. It releases the adrenaline, it releases the dopamine again, it uh, brings your serotonin levels to a high, it makes you feel jubilant and you have a bunch of endorphins pumping through you and then once that settles down and it no longer is a thrill-seeking activity because now that person becomes familiar, you now have to rely on you. 
You have to rely on your communication skills. You have to create your own luck. You have to create your own magic. And that's a little harder to do. And again, that inner baby in us doesn't want to do that. And because we take for granted the work that nature does, we feel like, well, if it was right, it would just happen that way. It doesn't. You genuinely have to ask the question of somebody. And I always say you have to ask because it's mutuality is extremely important. And mutuality means I scratch your back in hopes that I've chosen the right kind of partner who will turn around and scratch mine. And so meaning you have to be the one to initiate the scratch. So the first question you ask somebody is how do you like to be loved? You know, what is your love language? What makes you feel good? What brings out the best in you in partnership? What do you look for in a relationship? And when you get those answers, you try your best to provide that for someone. You be the mother, mothering figure for them. And then in return, they should ask you, you know, what works for you? And then you get to say all those great things. It's laying in bed and talking. It's um, sharing ideas. It's cuddling. It's whatever it is that you desire that you find that is a given in the beginning. But then after that early phases of chemical onslaught, you know, calms down, it now becomes something that's not second nature to that person, which why would it be? They just met you. They don't really know how you like to be loved. And some people's recipe for love is other people's disaster for love. And then of course, when we communicate our needs, that is when we are able to really assess compatibility. Once you've communicated to somebody, this is what I like in a relationship. And this is what I get in love. This is why I participate in love. This is what I'm doing. You know, when you go to a, the gym, you do it because you want a body or because you enjoy it, but you're clear why you're doing it. If you're not getting the results, you probably change the activity or you change the setting. Same thing with love and relationships. You're doing it for a reason. You communicate that reason. If you aren't getting the results, then you have an opportunity to say, okay, something isn't right. So that being said, none of us are living in a perpetual romantic stage, whether it be with our career, our relationships, or with our friendships. We have to put the work in, and that includes you, Mabu. Fatima, I wanted to find the perfect song for you to meditate on as you try to figure out what it is that you in particular are going to do with the situation. Hopefully I helped a little bit. But if I didn't help enough, Paul Anka is going to step in and take the baton from me and carry us through to the finish line. Uh, Paul Anka wrote a song called Put Your Head on My Shoulder. It's from 1963. Um, and I think it's a perfect song for you because in essence, he just really describes like, look, this is what I want right now. This is what's going to make me feel loved. Um, but I'll talk more about it after you hear it. You ready to hear it? Let's go.
that love is a game that no one is destined to win. Well, Paul Anka is changing his odds by making sure that he's playing a clear game where he tells people exactly what he's looking for. And even though this may sound a little needy to say in person, this was a hit song, okay? So for a reason, I think it's a beautiful practice just to tell people and be straight up and say, like, can you rub my hair? And I've, I've gotten really good. I'm good at telling what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that the guessing game hurts both partners. And like I said, in the long run, if you say what you want out loud and somebody dismisses those needs and that's very telling as well so it's a win-win uh when you put yourself out there in that way and yes it would be wonderful if life was on autopilot and everybody just knew our needs and our wants at all times but when you find that place let me know until then you got to build your own bridges thank you so much fatima for being loving and for trusting me um to answer your question hopefully that helped you some if not like i suggested you cannot get i don't believe uh, really thorough comprehensive advice unless the person giving that advice really knows who you are and knows what your goals for intimacy are so i would suggest seeing someone that you trust or if you're interested you can go to shanbooty.com counseling and sign up for a one-on-one session with me um, everybody else of course that invitation extends to you but also in the bottom left corner is that call in button so submit your own question every single question i get i will answer and if i don't have the answer to it i will phone a friend and make sure uh, that it gets cleared up because i want this to be a safe space to ask anything any possible thing that you can think of not about like finances and stuff because i really can't help you but anything to do with the sex love relationships all right so homework time uh for the squad dem i want you to tell me one thing that you had to fight for in a relationship fight to maintain and again it could be a work relationship or a romantic or a friendship something that in the beginning seemed to be in compatibility and in natural flow and then you noticed after a while that it was falling by the wayside and you found that you had to like really fight to keep that thing alive so uh jared my partner is here mm-hmm. you gonna do the homework yeah i'll do the homework okay what's your answer um i really like i really enjoy going to movies well, not just going going to the movies and getting the popcorn and getting the, the icy. Um, and I don't think you're into them, right? I like popcorn. But you're not into going to the movies. You can make popcorn at home and be fine. Yeah. So I had to fight for the movies because that's important to me. It keeps it fresh and young and intimate, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. It keeps it alive. We just went to the movies, too. We just did. Yeah, here you go. See? See? Case in point. Um, In this relationship, in any relationship, I've literally never dated somebody before who matched me in terms of how much affection I like and how much physical touch that I like. So I always have to assert myself in that way. Um, But I find with you, it's kind of trended upwards, bizarrely. Yeah. Because in the beginning, even though we had a sexual relationship... You were not physically affectionate. No. And at a point when I was like, oh, I really enjoy uh, having sex with Jared, but I don't find that we have an intimate connection physically, he just naturally sort of upped that ante. Uh, That was like a lucky streak when that happened just because I thought it. But then as time has gone on, there have been times I've had to check in with you. I think I I had a fight with you about this recently, didn't I? Mm -hmm. When? I don't remember. No, we, we went to that party. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so sometimes, yeah, I still, it's two years now, and I'm sure it'll be 20 years of that. There are times that you, I have to remind, you know, Jared, that this is how I perceive love and experience love. And it's a very big component of what makes love lovely to me. And so it's, it's important. Um, and so I want to hear from you guys now, when you think about your own relationships, what is something that in the beginning seemed to be a given and that you enjoyed and then over time it started to diminish and go away and that you found you had to speak up and fight for that thing um and if you haven't fought yet tell me why that's your homework <laughs>